You're listening to Cinema Geekly Premium, premium podcast from premium people. Thanks for your support. Listening to Who Made Who, Cinema Geekly's Doctor Who podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. I'm Aaron DeLosa. And I'm Ben Knight. And we are back for yet another season, or series as they say, uh, over in England uh, for Doctor Who. Peter Capaldi is back. Jenna Coleman is momentarily back. She apparently is going to be gone. I guess this is breaking news that we found out about uh, <laughs> last year. <laughs> Uh, but now we're we're back. It's been a really long ass break, but the show has finally returned. Uh, all of the all of our days are are bright and shiny. The grass is greener. The sky is bluer. Uh, all of that good shit. Uh, we are one episode down, uh, and I believe as we normally record this, we record it on the day a new episode airs. Uh, but uh, because of timey wiminess and because Ben is an exceptionally busy person. Uh, this is kind of like the best way for us to to squeeze this in. Um, so I, I'm I'm thinking: is there anything that we should discuss before discussing this episode? Was there any big news or anything that we uh, have not covered yet? I think we've got pretty much everything down. Do we not? I think a lot of people missed um, in in the prologue and the fact that there's a second sort of pre uh, prequel episode uh, the doctor's meditation a lot of people missed the doctor's meditation episode um, which i guess we could very briefly talk about yeah please uh, do sure I, well, I mean and there was also yeah there was a, a prologue to the first uh, mm. episode as well uh, have they i know they did um, some kind of prologue things during Matt Smith's run i think Maybe did, near the yeah. maybe near the beginning of his run, I want to say. And didn't did they? I think they stopped them after a while. Yeah, uh, we we're trying to find that out earlier on. Alex and I were looking at it. There, there, there were a few here and there. Um, I've never seen any of them. All <laughs> oh, right, okay. mainly they were um, in the UK. They weren't ever on broadcast. They were iPlayer only. Are you talking like all, all like the little like where he dated River over a course? All the little scenes that are on the DVDs and all that, on the extras and everything. Uh, there might like be the, those like little I, kind of vignettes because I, I think they did a couple with Tenant. Uh, I, I don't believe they did any with Eccleston at all. No, no. <laughs> he didn't deserve them. Uh, yeah, he's trying I, to be nice about it again now. I noticed over the summer he's done a few more interviews where he's talked about it. Oh, where his 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 uh his heart softened a little bit. Yeah, invite me to conferences. Well, that's good. I mean, I I would love to see him back uh, at some point, uh, especially since we're kind of rapidly approaching the tenth uh, the tenth series since now, it's been rebooted. What's I think. his accent, actually, Eccleston? Where is he from? Is Northern, because lots of planets have a north. <laughs> right. <laughs> Remember? No, he's uh, he's from literally just down the road from me, as in probably within maybe three miles of where I live. Boy, he just sounds way angrier than than most you know British people. I guess he's a Salford boy. Is that where, is he from Salford or is he from? He is a Salf- I think he's a Salfordian. Uh, maybe if he might just be the other side of the border, but I think he's probably Salfordian. Yeah. Well, good for you, Tony. <laughs> thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah. I, well, I mean, we already talked about if you listen to the regular podcast, the the Doctor Who hype episode of the Cinema Geekly podcast. I believe we ran down what happened in the prologue for The Magician's yep. Apprentice. So I guess no need to go into that here, but when we're done talking about this episode, um, the prologue that you were talking about, Ben, is for episode yep. two, correct? <clears throat> uh, no, The Doctor's Meditation is is prior to the start of episode one. So basically uh-huh. all you've got is a, a six-minute um, uh, sort of mini-episode. Uh, it is... 
effectively behind the scenes, if you will, before uh, Missy and Clara find the Doctor. So uh, it seems a bit odd to do it this way around. Wibbly wobbly timey wimey though, hey. Sure. So um, the Doctor is in a castle somewhere. I'm, I'm trying to pick. I'm trying to remember where it is. Actually, it looks like it looks like somewhere in Essex, and I can't think what it's called. But anyway, uh, so he's at this castle, and there's uh, this guy there called Bors. More on him later. Um, who he seems to be friends with, although there's no real explanation as to why. And the Doctor is talking about the fact that he needs to meditate. He needs to prepare for. Um, the day when he has to answer for something that he should have uh, should have done better an awful uh, long time ago, um, and effectively you can see he's bored and well not bored he simply can't sit down and get on with meditating and preparing himself so yeah he has the uh, the good town folk of wherever on earth they are dig uh, a load of wells looking for water because the water's not good enough for him to drink in order to meditate uh, he basically he's just prattling <laughs> around wants a sword fight with a spoon um, and various other things and eventually uh, we hear the explanation um, for what happens in the first episode uh, when Bors says to him that he simply doesn't believe that he's going to meditate um, he doesn't seem like that sort of person so instead if he's going to have to go um, if he's going to have to uh, you know, uh, meet his maker or whatever else, then he's going to go with a celebration. And of course we see that later on. So I guess that's probably the right point to cut to the start of this episode. The first episode of the series, take your pick series nine or 35, probably in the... <laughs> indeed episode I one. So. Yeah, I guess yeah. we're going to go with so, series uh, nine. Can I ask real quick? So the mm. doctor had a sword fight with a spoon or he wanted to have a sword fight with a spoon. He wanted to. He asked Boss whether he was any good with a broadsword, and Boss said, so well, this yeah, is a why callback get... to your guys' favorite, favorite episode from last season, The Robot of Sherwood, yes. right? That's right. Yeah, he has a, right. a Gallifreyan spoon, which... No, uh, yeah. no golden shower uh, arrow, anything like that? No. <laughs> Thank ah. goodness. <laughs> Missed opportunity. Um, okay, so yeah, we, we're, we're kicking it off with Series 9, Episode 1, uh, The Magician's Apprentice. Ben, would you care to run us down the events of this episode? Well, we open on a kind of weird messed up battlefield, uh, messed up because um, uh, anachronisms everywhere. Uh, there's warplanes, look like First World War planes, but they have laser cannons on them um, and so on and so forth. So a weird mixture of um, different sort of war scenarios. And this kid becomes, who's running across the war zone, he's seen by some of the soldiers and he gets trapped in a field of what we... I think know from all of the fan information are called hand mines. Yes. Um, these are... Uh, already with the starting with the creepy shit uh, these yes. are hands that come out of the ground um triggered by motion or vibration or something along those lines and grab hold of you and then suck you into the ground like a mancunian sinkhole they have uh, eyeballs on the palms oh yeah they do to, like look uh, <laughs> shit it's really creepy it really is um and i i say i, I think that's going to be I think that's going to be the theme of this series. There's more of that in this episode, but it, stuff is is creepy already. Um, so the Doctor tips up, uh, as as he has a tendency to do, and throws him his uh, sonic screwdriver and creates a sonic pathway so they can talk to each other without the hand mines, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, yes, yeah, some some science stuff happens. I didn't concentrate. Jennifer Anderson will be mad with me. Um, and that's a weird '90s reference. Uh, and uh, sorry about that. And then he asked the doctor, asked who uh, who 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 are you? Who's the person I'm going to save? Who is this person you're going to decide to live? What's your name? The answer is Davros. Ah. And Cue credits. That's right. And if you're a Doctor Who fan uh, of any length in time, you're, either your either your jaw <laughs> dropped to the floor, or you crapped your pants. One mm -hmm. or the other. I mean, talk about an opening. That's an opening. Holy cow! Yeah, it really was. And when you put it with the dialogue, for those who haven't, I, I won't ruin it because people probably will if they've not seen it. Want to go back and watch the Doctor's meditation. But when you put it with the dialogue from that. Actually, it was a lot more obvious that this was going to be Davros. Um, so, open uh, on where we are. Uh, there is a, a weird person, um, creature thingy, um, going around various places that we've seen the Doctor before. Uh, and he's looking for someone. Um, this is uh, somebody called Saf. I think he's actually called Colony Saf, and we Colony find out why. Yes. Yeah, and we find out why a little bit later. Uh, he's obviously working for Davros, and he's looking for the Doctor. 
Um, we see him go to the Shadow Proclamation. Uh, we see him go to, um, oh, the, <laughs> I was to say the Maldives. That's not where he went. Um, <laughs> that's a whole different place. A uh, nice holiday. <laughs> come on, the, 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 the bar that looks like the cantina in Star Wars. Um, oh, it's been in a few episodes. Blue guy got his head chopped off there. In previous oh it. yeah yeah yeah. Um, um, eh, answers on a postcard. Wherever oh the hell that is. Is there a name? I don't think it's, there is. Isn't it just called the Cantina? No, it's called uh, the the. M -m 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 -m. I'll get back. To, I'll get back to you and I'll I'll remember in a bit. Uh, anyway, so I'll, uh, I'll push that off to the research department while. Uh... Cool, cool. <laughs> uh, all right, so he's uh, looking around everywhere. For someone, and of course, he ends up on Khan talking to woohoo Claggins. Um, uh, otherwise uh, known. You see, I now have remembered her real name. I'm kind of thinking, hmm, what's her name in this? Uh, or, 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 or her name is uh, Ohila. That's it. Uh, so he ends up talking to her and saying, uh, so where's the doctor? Yeah. A um, bit less like Eddie Izzard, but that's more or less what he says. And uh, the answer is that uh, he has a message for him. And so uh, Ohila says, well, you can give the message to me. And the message is that uh, Davros is dying. Davros knows, Davros remembers, and he wants to see the Doctor on this, his last moment of existence, or words to that effect. Yes. So, um... Uh, so... Not, to, not to interrupt, but it is... The, the Moldovarium. Mm. That's exactly it. Sorry, I was drinking gin and tonic in that gap. I thought it was going to be long. That's all right, sir. Oh, I, I, thought, I, thought we <clears> were, I, thought, I thought we were still uh, intent on finding out the name of the Mos Eisley Cantina. Moldovarium. Uh, yeah. Well, no, not the actual. Mo no, that that's the place in Doctor Who. I thought you wanted yeah. the actual name of the actual Mos Eisley Cantina in oh, Star Wars. Oh. Yeah. Well, now we have both. Yeah. Now we. No. Yeah. 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 What, what is it? it? It is either Chalmans or Kalman's Cantina, often called the Mos Eisley Cantina or the Star Wars Cantina. Hmm. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thank huh. you, Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, uh, seriously, up until this moment, I had no idea it had a fucking name, but I guess I should have known. It's Star Wars. And everything has a name there. I thought it All might just be called Cheers or something. Yeah, <laughs> you think so? Yeah, no. there was a guy in maybe, there a bit like John Kirstie Alley. Tatooine for Cheers. Maybe that's where it's... <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, Colony Saf goes back to Davros, uh, who is, uh, I was going to say not looking well, but yeah, he kind of never has, has he? No. Um, so he goes oh. to see, well, ex except when he was um, a child, of course. Anyway, um, so he goes to see Davros and says he can't find the Doctor. Um, Davros gives the rather i thought obvious suggestion of go find his friends because then you'll find him which I, i'm pretty sure is a line we've heard before in doctor who even since the reboot but anyway yes yep uh so cut to clara um who uh well in fact the whole of earth notices that there's a load of airplanes frozen in the sky as you do um and so, so clara is sent for by unit she um hotfoots it to uh to see unit in fact and um, they figure out that there's a message trying to be sent either to them um, or maybe to the doctor. I don't know. The message, of course, being, hey, Mickey, you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind. Hey, Mickey. Uh, who else could it be? Yes, it's Mickey from series. What? No, it's not really. Uh, it's <laughs> it's uh, Danny Pink. Is it Danny Pink? Oh. Yeah. Oh, no. You see, no. There needs to be a penalty for that. We need the, to work the, that out this series. The, yeah, the, the, the lesser Mickey Smith. I think. Unless Mickey Smith. Um, God, you see, bring back Mickey. He was annoying, but by comparison. Anyway, yeah. uh, so Missy very quickly deals with the fact that when she when Clara goes to meet her with a load of snipers around the place, and uh, and so Mickey, uh, Missy, rather, very quickly deals with the fact that, yeah, not dead, not really a surprise. Let's just get on with it. Um, which, in fairness, is the best way of dealing with that situation. Absolutely. Um, I love the fact that she's just like, I'm here, shut the fuck up about it. Like, that was so yeah. rad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, on form, just get over it. And this is a really weird conversation then because, okay, so the sort of headline of the conversation is I've got the Doctor's uh, confession dial, so Doctor Who fans of you all will know confession dial is like the, the will of a, a Time Lord. Um, contains a confession, though, is the important piece of information. And I think later in the series we find out, if you look at the episode guides, that the confession is going to be revealed at the end of the series. Mm -hmm. um, so... Uh, it's usually delivered on the day before a Time Lord dies, and of course it's delivered to the, the Time Lord's best friend. Um, awkward, because uh, of course Missy has it, not Clara. Uh, which actually, I think the Guardian or somebody pointed out this week, is really really a bit unfortunate, because of course the Clara already knows that she's not the love of his life because yeah. of the River, uh, the River Song stuff. 
Um, and now she knows she's not even his best mate. That's right. Sucks to be Clara. Um, it sucks I wonder why more. she's leaving. Well, quite. Well, it, it, her day does not get better. Um, all right, so uh, Clara and Missy eventually locate the Doctor through an unlikely series of um, peculiar early... Um, <laughs> no, you know, Zoom and Enhance. Um, Dude, they, they see aside the fuck out of that yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, They're yeah, just let, like, okay, here's the beginning, here's the end, and how we're, how, whatever we do in the middle, nobody gives a fuck. Let's just make it really bright. It's that famous clip, isn't it? I'm gonna I'm gonna build a GUI using Visual Basic to track his IP. It's it's right. that. Oh yeah. <laughs> they find him. Um, so anyway, they find him in Essex. Oh, there you go. Actually, I've just I've just noticed in the notes. Actually, it is Essex, and the year is 1138. Although I'm not sure we actually find that out specifically. Uh, so the Doctor's been there. We find um, he's been there for partying for a period of uh, time. This is, of course, links back to that prequel episode. Uh, there he is with um, his his bud. And a, a tank and an electric guitar and various other things that are scaring the hell out of the locals. Somehow, now, he hasn't is there any way he had a better day on the set of Doctor Who? Like, it, it, since oh. his run began, than that no. very day where, like, you're going to write a tank and play a guitar at the same time. Like, that's the coolest shit, man. It, and I believe he does oh. actually play the guitar in, uh, he in does. that scene as well. So I've heard, yeah. Man. So, yeah, this guy. Good yeah. Him. Um,. So, yes, yeah, so it turns out he's been partying there for three weeks, uh, as you do. And they believe he's, uh, he's a magician. In fact, I think actually in the prequel, he, he says that he's a magician. Uh, okay, so that all goes a little bit wrong, because I'm just about to go and say, all right, Doctor, or words to that effect, uh, when, of course, Colony South turns up, because uh, he's followed uh, Clara and Missy, and that's how he's found him. Makes sense, I guess. Uh, so he's all threatening and that sort of malarkey, and the Doctor says, you know, get a grip. And messages delivered regarding Davros, presents the Doctor um, his uh, screwdriver as a way of demonstrating that he's telling the truth. The Doctor then realizes how he has the screwdriver in relation to Davros and has a a bit of a um, shamey wamey moment, which is recognized by Clara. <laughs> yeah. Um, we then figure out that he didn't save um, child Davros and instead left him where he was, presumably though with the sonic screwdriver. Yeah. Um, so he agrees to be taken prisoner. Clara and uh, Missy, uh, irrespective of any logic, actually, in any sense, end up going with him because uh, uh, it's put to the vote, actually. Colony Saf, it turns out, is a dude. He looks like a he looks like a Cenobite when you first see him, and you eventually figure out why he's made of a load of snakes. Oh, as in that was shit the load of coolest snakes. fucking scene. That was awesome, man. wasn't it? Oh, yeah. That was a nice effect. Anyway, it was so, so that, cool. Like you're wondering, like you know, just what's up with this? And then just when he melted in, it was just oh, it, it was the coolest effect I, I think I've seen on this show yet. I mean, just oh, what a visually well awesome thing to see. Yeah, so well done. And the, and, the, re, and the, the practical makeup, is, like. Yeah, when he went back up to, you know, the walking snake man, like, you see, like, okay, now that is totally, you know, snake bodies on this dude's face. Right. Mm -hmm. It was rad. Uh, it, it really was very impressive, actually. Uh, but anyway, it turns out, yes, yeah, so he's evil, but apparently he's also a democracy. So the entire of that uh, colony of snakes all got a vote as to whether or not they would transport Clara and Missy as well. Go figure. Um, yeah, why not? So, um, off they I often go. I dance like that when I'm making decisions, but I'm not made of snakes. It's just, the snake, <laughs> it's just the snake hips, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it is very much. So, <laughs> uh, so anyway, off off they go, and uh, we just sort of discover in passing there as well that Boz, who is the Doctor's medieval friend, for no discernible reason, is a Dalek duplicate. So uh, again, you know, cast your mind back for what those are. Basically, it's people with um, Dalek interiors that occasionally become exterior. So we have him with a plunger coming out of his head, um, in you know that way that you do. So uh, he takes them all back to what we think is a space station. It's not a space station. We find out through some actually probably the worst special effects I've seen in an episode of Doctor <laughs> Who. Mm -hmm. um, when they step outside the space station into not space, as it turns out, Missy figures out that it's a planet. The planet is then revealed to everyone's horror to be Scaro. Fuck. Um, and actually, it was a slight, I kind of expected, I knew it was coming, it was fairly obvious it was coming, but yeah. I really didn't expect it to be quite such a sort of uh, shivery sort of judder moment. <laughs> but <laughs> the BBC has done a fucking number on me over the years, and that is the effect that Scarrow has on me. Um, <laughs> that plus the fact I remember the really irritating level on the Doctor Who video game that they made when they rebooted the series, um, and it was really awkward to get past the thing in the thing. Anyway. You haven't played, oh, you didn't. Anyway, so uh, there you go. Oh, no, we're on Scarrow. Oh, no. 
so then Missy and Clara are outside. The doctor is in um, the laboratory with uh, Davros. Davros is telling the doctor basically, oh, you did this to me, you bugger. Um, again, I paraphrase. Yeah. And yeah, well, yeah, it's one of those lines. And uh, the doctor goes, oh, no, I did. Oh, that's a bit bad. And again, paraphrasing. And there's some clips of previous <laughs> doctors. Um, very unusually, normally when they play clips of previous doctors on the reboot Doctor Who, you only really ever get to have audio from the very early doctors and then the post reboot doctors. And actually, yay them. They gave a little clip of audio to McCoy and a little clip of audio to um, Colin Baker, who always yes. gets left out of these things. Um, so that was nice. Anyway, uh, the laboratory looks a lot like the one from back in the day. In fact, basically the whole scene looks like Tom Baker era um, Doctor Who. It's all, I mean, even some of the dialogue, uh, dialogue is pretty similar. Uh, you'll remember, of course, uh, an episode that somebody will tell me what it was called, where Tom Baker is sort of struggling with the idea of whether he should link two wires together. And uh, I think it was Genesis, Genesis of the Daleks. Daleks, wasn't it? Yeah, that's what I said. I watched it fairly recently. Genesis of the Daleks, quite right. Uh, and it was the whole kind of, oh, do I have the right to do this? Oh, boo-hoo. Um, well, anyway, all, all of that's kind of similar. Paraphrasing again. Yeah, yeah, we're all about that. These people have seen this show. Uh, so what happens? Oh, right, yes, that's right. So uh, Missy and Clara then get captured by the Daleks, which is kind of, eh, it's all a bit weird story-wise, that. But um, I suppose the amusing part of it is that the... Um, the Daleks are a real big mix, including there was one Dalek there that I don't know whether they rebuilt it or whether they've got it from one of the nerds that has these things. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, was that it was, was that a, Hogan Hogan Dalek you're talking about? Yeah, the the very original silver and light blue. Uh, yeah, maybe it was the one, one. Maybe it was the one that Peter Capaldi was raving about in his letter to. Uh, oh, Cullivan, to... yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so we so we see a lot of those, and I think. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's some familiar Daleks. It's a weird expression, but it turns out yes. there's some of those. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Anyway, we then see a bit of a, a peculiar decision by Missy, which could have been could have been an attempt to do the right thing, or it could have been a a, a, a trick. I don't know. Yeah, probably probably more likely an attempt to do the right thing. Actually, in context, where Missy basically tries to distract the Daleks, says, "I'll help you um, use the TARDIS uh, rather than you destroying it." Um, and instead the Daleks, being rational people as they are, uh, exterminate with maximum extermination, which I always think is probably the best sort of extermination to use. Yeah, I mean, Uh, I don't even know why they bother with the half-assed extermination. I know. Just go full all the time. What was was the show the other day that was talking about Star Trek and saying that, um, you know, what on earth was the point? No, it was a stand-up, some American stand-up we were watching on Netflix, just saying, I'm not entirely sure what the point of setting your phases to stun is. Uh, or the the setting. anyway, but by, by um, right. So actually, no, I think we were talking about it too. Anyway, yeah. right. So Clara goes, "Oh crap, this isn't very good." Um, and the doctor says, "Oh, don't kill Clara." Again, paraphrasing. And Davros says, "Well, kind of out of my hands because uh, they're not really listening to me anymore. They haven't for a while, to be fair." Um, so Clara then thinks, oh, "Shit, right. Well, I need a plan. Do I do something clever or do I run?" So she runs. And the Daleks say, oh, well, you've started running, so um, exterminate. Yep. Now, the sharp-eyed people will notice, of course, that the, gra- well, the, the special effect they use for the extermination of um, Clara and Missy is identical to Missy's um, swift exit at the end of last series. It's exactly yes. the same effect, uh, as opposed to the black-and-white x-ray effect uh, from right. the exterminations. But anyway, <laughs> I suspect more on that tonight. Uh, so they then proceed to use uh, the, the Daleks, that is, try to use a laser to destroy the TARDIS, um, which is a bit silly, isn't it now? Yeah. Um, so the Doctor then kind of doesn't really have a great deal left to do. Davros takes the piss out of the Doctor's um, greatest indulgence, as he puts it, which is that he feels sorry for people. And he basically wants the Doctor to admit, in his words, compassion is wrong. Um, it's all a bit goth, really, in that respect. Yeah. Uh, and then we find ourselves at the end of the episode with no apparent explanation um, of how this comes about. But the doctor is shown uh, going back to the hand mine field um, and Davros asks if the doctor's come to save him. Um, but the doctor, uh, who says he's from the future, um, picks up an egg whisk, uh, sorry, a Dalek gun and, <laughs> yeah, uh, and says that he's going to save his friend the only way he can. 
exterminate. Fun. Credits. Yeah. Discuss. Uh, <laughs> discuss. Um, Aaron, I w- we'll start. We'll start with you. Uh, what did you think of the 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 season premiere? It was good. It uh, it kind of felt more like the first part of a season finale to me, just because it was way right? bigger than what I expected. Like, yeah. it was way bigger of an episode. Of what just as far as like the scope of the story goes, I mean, mm. they covered a lot of ground uh, in just you know a little bit of time. And the way like you know Moffat really he was super Moffaty this episode. I mean, he was throwing you know twists no and turns kidding. and. You know, he's bobbing and weaving. We're trying to counter. He's hooking. I mean, he was he was working, uh, you know, his tits off this episode to really kind of keep you guessing what was going on. And at the end of the episode, you know, the, the doctor's got no TARDIS. He's got, you know, none of his buddies. He's got no screwdriver. And you're like, oh, shit, what's he going to do? And then two seconds later, you know, he's beaming down baby Davros. It's like, OK, you know, obviously some shit's going to go down the sex episode. But uh, right. Yeah, it, it was way big. Like it, it started off. uh it didn't really start off slow. It started, you know, it started off, you know, kind of very well paced. Even uh, when they went back and dealt with Claire and Unit and all that stuff, but it felt like the you were kind of on a train that was picking up speed. Like you know, the longer you were on it, and mm-hmm. you know, essentially right before we're getting ready, you know, to plummet towards you know uh, the bridge that's out. Like you know, they stop and roll credits. So you're like, shit. You know, we're all sitting here just with bated breath, like you know, ready to to see what happens if we're going to survive the crash or not. And it's oh, tense. It, it was a very like tense episode, but fuck, it was good. That's the best pace summary I've ever heard of an episode of anything. <laughs> That's exactly right. Uh, yeah, you weren't kidding. It really starts off uh, with a, usually a bigger... This I think this was like a bigger concept than how a series usually begins yeah. for the show. Like They normally don't start with something quite that big where they're like, oh, we're, we're going to start it off with the Doctor meeting the child version of one of his fiercest rivals... Uh, biggest enemies, uh, that sort of thing. Um, I love that there also is a bit of uh, jealousy, I guess, mm. with uh, Missy and Davros, I think, a little bit, where she's kind of like, I, I thought I was your biggest enemy. Well, fuck you. <laughs> like, there was like a bit of that. I, te- I, I sensed a, 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 a scotch, like a tiny bit of, of tension there. Um, yeah, there was a when we talked about it on the Cinema Geekly podcast, uh, the spoiler-free review from IO9, uh, and they mentioned all of the the bits and like little bits of in characters and things like that. There weren't as many as I thought they were going to be, but you know, I mean, they did go back to Karn, they did go to the Shadow Proclamation. Uh, we got to see a, a Jadoon, albeit a helmeted one. You had to see uh, David Tennant's face. Yeah, there is a sure. There is a um I think I think there was like an ood in the fucking Mos Eisley yeah. bar yes, stuff like that. Oh god, that would have been that would have been so great if they had the, it really the would. song in the background. I don't think they could have licensed that. It would have been cool to, to have just seen uh, Captain Jack just sitting at the bar having a drink. Like that would have been great. Yeah, you know, they just sweep past him. You're like, oh shit! You know, I mean, that would have been a, a nice little that nice little fucking awesome. Yeah, for sure. Um, they gotta get they gotta get Barrowman back involved with the show at some point, right? <laughs> You'd think so, right? I mean, he does I mean, age, boy, so or I mean, maybe you know, and hopefully, you know, with Russell T Davies, if he, you know, <laughs> maybe right. he might be the only way John Barrowman's coming back. Um, four people versed uh, in in the the rebooted Doctor Who. Yes, Davros was in uh, an episode, a, a run with uh, David Tennant, and yes, it appeared that he did die, but. Uh, I do believe that Russell T. Davis said that it was uh, purposefully, his death was purposefully not shown. Yeah. So as that you could just make, some, you know, I don't know, uh, emergency temporal shift. One of those things. Uh, he, he got fucking phased out at the last second or something uh, so that he could be alive. Because that is the first thing that came to my mind was like, I thought he was dead. And then I had to go interneting to kind of confirm it. And then I came across the, the Russell interview where he was basically like, eh, we kind of left it vague on purpose. We didn't show it. Although it never felt vague to me. It felt like he definitely exploded and died. Um, but I guess according to him, that's vague. Uh, I don't know, Ben, I thought the British were more subtle than that. Uh, but it, it <laughs> well, certainly didn't BBC seem America so. have got a bigger part in it. He says, as I'm just saying, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The um, uh, the the only thing that uh, it was just a, a minor irk on my part, 
was if you're going to at least give the illusion that you're going to kill Clara in the first episode, maybe she shouldn't be in a whole bunch of clips in your trailer for episodes that happen way after this episode. Um, like, I know everybody knows that even if something happened to her in this episode, that she'd be back anyway. But it does seem a little goofy to me that you're going to try to pull the, oh my God, is Clara dead card? Uh, Are we not supposed to be in on... I wondered that, but then I thought maybe because they very obviously used the same effect um, for them uh, disappearing, sure. as as we'd only just seen at the end of the last se- uh, the last episode, I did wonder whether we're supposed to be in on the fact that basically Missy has found a way of saving them both. And, uh, of course, if the... Or maybe, you know, the Doctor goes back in time because, you know, that's the only Clara he can find and he takes her on some more adventures because he feel- feels bad that she dies. I mean, you, you never know with this show, to be honest with you. Uh, double Moffat's everywhere. Double Moffat, man, I'm telling you. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that that could be verging on a triple Moffat, for all we know. Uh, the uh, Yeah, and I mean, and going by the Russell T. Davis school of, of uh, subtlety, I guess, we didn't see the TARDIS actually get destroyed either. We just saw no. a very bright light, uh, I guess, kind of leading you to believe that it was destroyed. Although, I had a hard time believing that whatever the fuck laser they were using was was capable of destroying the TARDIS, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess there will be more answers uh, in the next episode for sure. Um, there were a lot. I you know what? I really enjoyed all of the Missy stuff. Was fucking tremendous. I, I think Michelle Gomez did an uh, an interview where she said that she wanted to just play this character forever, and yeah. I I won't argue with her if she wants to to stick around. I think she's awesome. Uh, I, I love the whole, the whole, the way she kind of inter- reintroduces herself. Uh, at first I was really fucking confused when you so fine showed up on the screen <laughs> and I'm like, uh, we're going to have some douchebag talking asshole hitting on. You Clara thought Donnie was back. Yeah. 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 I was like, what is this? And then <laughs> as it continued, I'm like, oh, this is brilliant. And I was clapping and laughing and it was, uh, tremendous. Um, I, love I like the, how sometimes when she's shit talking to the doctor, she goes into a Scottish accent a little bit. A little, yes, she does. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when, well, uh, she's, she, don't forget. I mean, she is Scottish, and she um, she's she's a proper Glaswegian. But I noticed that a lot of her lines are delivered in a sort of crisp um, Scottish sort of hint, but to a sort of otherwise RP accent. And then when she gets angry, she gets proper Glasgow. That's right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's some fucking awesome lines. I'm, I'm looking at the moment at the... I've got in front of me the IMDb. This I, I haven't taken these out. This is the IMDb sort of quotes of the episode. And just about everyone is a fucking killer. Um, <laughs> my, I mean, some of the... Some of the do, do you want to have some Missy highlights? Oh, absolutely. Oh, please. All right, Remind so um, this is from uh, when they're sitting in the square discussing, you know, the relationship between Missy and the Doctor and Clara and the Doctor. And Clara's asking to explain, and Missy says, I'm his friend, you're just... And she says, I'm, I'm just what? She says, you see that couple over there? Points uh, to a couple with uh, a little dog. And she says, see that couple over there? You're the puppy. That's right. <laughs> Which I, I, is just fucking beautiful. Hearts. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's gorgeous though, isn't it? Uh, we've got... She explains, oh, she explains how to kill us, uh, how to kill her, which I think is quite entertaining. Uh, I'm going to need eight snipers, um, three for each heart and two for my brainstem. You'll have to switch me off pretty fast before I can regenerate. That's right. Uh, it's quite nice. So we also know, incidentally, that that's not her final uh, regeneration, just to pull that from that line. Right. Um, and then we've got, I mean, this is probably more a comedy sort of panto moment than anything else. Um, you were talking about the, the, the jealousy thing with, with Davros. Yeah. Of course, she 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 spells it out. She puts it out there because she says, uh, "My uh, the doctor refers to Davros as his his arch enemy or something." Yes. And Missy says, "Oh, I'll scratch his eye out." <laughs> That's um, <laughs> it's quite nice. <laughs> um, I, I mean, isn't there? There's also isn't there a line as well where they're talking about how they're she's talking about how her and the doctor are best friends, and mm. it's like you're always trying to kill each other, and she's like. But that's like our texting, I think, is what she says. Yeah, it's that's like our so- texting. <laughs> because, yeah, but you're always, you know, the, the, how do I know this isn't a trap? That's right. <laughs> Doctor, listen to me. I know traps. Traps are my flirting. This is a trap. Traps are my flirting. <laughs> yeah. She was just amazing. All She had, uh, in, you know, in a show where Peter Capaldi gets a lot of great quips 
and lines, and, and even Jenna Coleman does from time to time as well. Whenever Michelle Gomez is on, I think you can tell that whoever's writing the episodes, in this case, uh, yeah. Moffat is the one who wrote them, clearly is in love with this character because she gets all of the best stuff. Well, yeah. great uh, and she does right it so start, well. isn't there? The, yeah. when, when Clara and Missy arrive in Essex in 11.32 or whatever it is, yeah. um, Clara says, how do we find him? How do we know what we'll look for? <laughs> Anachronisms, the slight, tiniest, at which point the doctor rides in uh, to the arena <laughs> riding a tank playing electric guitar. <laughs> the slight, um, tiniest anachronisms. Uh, <laughs> so beautiful <laughs> material in that. They've got to be careful, though. They've got to keep it the right side of hand, though. That's right. They, uh, they, uh, I love the, I love the scene, the moment, I guess, where uh, Clara and Missy are discussing the uh, how how to go forward, and I believe Clara makes the mistake of of referring to Missy as as going good. Uh, oh, yes. So, which to prove her resolve, she just kills like three people quickly. Like, yeah, she just <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom. she's like that one had kids or something like that. She's like that 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 guy had a oh, family. She points out that he had the a wedding, wedding ring. ring. Yeah, uh, just cold-hearted, like holy shit. Um, and and I believe when uh, I also loved the uh, the moment when uh, the doctor notices the two of them, and I believe he starts playing "Pretty Woman" on his guitar. Uh, right, yeah. That was also pretty great. And I believe he introduced the word "dude" to all of those people as well. I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Ben, any we didn't really get your opinions on you ran through the episode, but your thoughts on the show. Um, I, I, I thought it was bloody brilliant. Um, the, it, there's a, there's a lot of, I mean, I've, I've got a lot of love for Michelle Gomez. I like her as a comedy actress anyway. And I think, uh, I've, I've totally got over the regeneration to Missy rather than the master. Um, sure. The, the, I think they do have to be very careful not to cross the line into just going for the comedy stuff, because remember Doctor Who has got to have the, yes, it, it's got to have the hiding behind the sofa. But again, this is an episode. You know what? They they pulled it off. I mean, mm-hmm. Davros, the the current incarnation, Julian Bleach, um, who if it, for for Marvel nerds, he was the ballet instructor in Avengers: Age of Ultron. In case you didn't know, really, um, I did not know that. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, there you go. Well, he's he's played Davros um, since the reboot of Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he he's he's pretty good at that. Davros is a a menacing sort of character. Although I suppose we we learn in this that you know what well, it's kind of repeats to us that we know that davros is is no longer in control of the daleks and hasn't been for quite a while um and that the hand mind thing is a fantastic creation yeah, he, he's um, literally just me. said grandpa they hide they hide the back corner of the house it's like just sit there and shut the fuck up grandpa we got this yeah <laughs> just shit on just, this poor old guy <laughs> i mean genesis of the genesis of the darks that's that's basically the crack with that episode as well right. isn't it in the in the old one it really is to sort of they put him in his lab yeah. and occupy him with pointless shit yeah. um, <laughs> just uh, give grandpa his fishing box and just let him you know <laughs> dial around the backyard he'll be all right <laughs> but yeah i mean it it's it's it was a bloody good paced episode I, I i'm glad that that was your view of it actually your summary of the pace of this because that was how i felt about it too and i've seen quite a lot of sort of fairly critical uh, reviews of the episode saying that, you know, oh, we didn't feel like we paused over this bit long enough and blah, blah, blah. You know, shut the fuck up. I say that if you've got a story to tell, get on and tell it. We had so much in the last series of kind of, there was a lot of, there was a lot of dead space in uh, a lot of the fairy tale episodes. Um, And I think, (laughs) I think that needs, I think that needs to come to an end and, you know, by God, this this episode certainly put an end to dead space. There was not a second of screen time that wasn't used as as heavily as it could be. Um, that's that's good. I, I, I say I'm looking forward to the second part of this like crazy. It's like an hour and forty minutes away as we record, uh, and I'm far more excited about this than I was of almost any episode until the final couple of last. Series. It was, uh, was, is there anything that, that did stick out to you negatively? Anything? Um, there were a couple of sort of, you could tell Moffat wrote it because there were a couple of leaps that <laughs> were unnecessary sort of leaps. Um, I mean, there was no golden arrow in this episode. Oh, sure, sure. Absolutely honest about that. Which but, has now become um, its own term. Yes, for, yeah. It's like jumping the shark for Doctor Who. It is. It's the Doctor Who equivalent, isn't it? Oh, they um, used the yeah. golden arrow. A lot of people were criticizing the use of the Tom Baker um, dialogue and stuff. Uh, 
as long as it's in context, I don't really yeah. mind. When they're just being shamelessly uh, nostalgic about it, then yeah. I think that's a problem. Um, but I, I, I didn't get the feeling that's what it was. I know quite yeah. a lot of the, the TV critics did. I, didn't, I don't know. What did you think? I, I didn't think that felt nostalgic. Um, I mean, they... I mean, I guess it serves a dual purpose for people for whom it's nostalgic for, I guess, but it fit perfectly within the context. I mean, he in in that in Genesis of the Daleks, he's talking about, you know, what the situation of would you kill a kid if you knew that that kid would grow up to be Hitler, essentially. I mean, that's not the exact conversation he was having, but that's the the philosophical debate that you're having. Like, what do you do? Like, he's just a kid at that point, but if you knew and and it it obviously it has great context because that's what this episode is. He ran into Davros and he has the conundrum of do I save him knowing what he's going to become uh or you know in this case he didn't it's revealed that he didn't save him uh and is the act of not saving him is that what created da- I mean the doctor asks that you know himself he's like in Davros created the Daleks, but who created Davros? And I think he knows the answer might be he did. Uh, or at least it's entirely possible he did. You know, we're not sure. We haven't seen the whole episode play out yet, but I don't feel like... Um, and we was... don't know who he's pointing the egg whisk at necessarily, do right. we? Sure. Yeah. Because he could be pointing said egg whisk at the hand mines or whatever sure. else. Uh, and I would like to point out, uh, before Aaron gets a chance to answer this, I, and it's unrelated to this, but... Uh, whose bright idea was it at the beginning of this episode to fire what appeared to be a a hollow wooden tube from an arrow at an airplane with laser guns? Because I think it was meant to be some sort of arrow, but it looked like it was just a hollow fucking tube with no point on the end. And he just, like a bow and arrow, like it was close to a golden arrow, but not quite. <laughs> but he he didn't shoot it, but I was like, what, what, what are you doing? That's an airplane with laser cannons, and you have a bow and arrow without a tip on the end? Never mind. Okay, Aaron, what did you think? Of? <laughs> that just blew me away. I was like, "What? What the fuck are you thinking, guy?" Well, you're they, ran, they ran out of golden arrows, so he just <laughs> had to use a stick. They ran out of golden arrows. Uh, I, I don't know, Aaron. Aaron, what did you think? Did you, uh, did you think that the Tom Baker clip fit in uh, properly in the episode? Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, it wasn't like in the eleventh hour when you know Matt Smith is staring down the Atraxi, and all of a sudden you see every Doctor's face appear before him. Like you know, they weren't really trying to hammer it home. Like you know, we know that there are other Doctors. You know, Peter Capaldi has been our Doctor for you know for some time now. But yeah, I thought it definitely fit. You know, it, this was didn't try Davros. to shoehorn in or anything. Right, yeah, no, yeah. it fit. It, it was really yeah. This was Davros throwing it in his face. Yeah, ex- like, absolutely. Like hey, hey, asshole! Not only do I remember. You not saving me in the handmine field, but here's some other things I remember as well. Take a look. Here's at some this. other stuff you fucked up he, too. Yeah, yeah, he threw he threw great. his he threw his own words back in his face. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought it worked great. I, I yeah, thought absolutely. It was a brilliant use. Um. Yeah, I we did find to... out in this episode that um that Clara uh, may be bisexual. Anyone catch that? No, I did not. What happened? Did I blink? Mm, in the first. Uh, in the first first scene with her, she's teaching an English class and talking to the class about um, Jane Austen, and yeah. um, describes that she's a you know, oh, fantastic yes. author, blah blah blah. And strictly between oh, us, kisser. a fantastic kisser. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Must have missed that random episode. piece of information. Yeah, I was gonna say missed that episode for sure. Um, <laughs> I, the, most that's, of the crew was on. Doctor I wonder Who late, if that was before or after <laughs> Danny Pink. Like, was Jane Austen the rebound after Danny Pink? Maybe Danny, well, you see, as a member of the homosexual community, um, I didn't believe it was possible for anyone to be turned. But actually, Danny, I don't know, I could, I could probably turn straight after that. Perhaps. Maybe it goes yeah. the other way with him. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the most of the criticism I saw for this episode really stemmed around weirdness for me. Uh, a lot of it was... Uh, making pre-assumptions without having seen the second episode yet. But basically, people were like, you know what? After watching this episode, I've determined that this didn't need to be a two-parter and they can tell their story within one episode. I I don't know how anyone can really make that determination without having seen the second part yet. Um, Well, like I say, they didn't waste any screen time. So I I I just don't see how that could be true. I've I've read that same criticism and I just can't understand how that can be right. Yeah, like right. to me, I mean, there were definitely moments where maybe the story wasn't necessarily progressing, but it was some 
there were entertaining bits going on or something like that. I, I saw people that were like, you know, you didn't have to go to uh, those, you know, the the set pieces were uh, Colony Sarf went. Like, you didn't need to go to those set pieces. You just did that, uh, you know, hey, remember the Jadoon, that sort of thing. Um, which, you know, maybe maybe they have a point. I don't know. I, I kind well, of like it. Fix that. The way they should have fixed that it would have been to remove the scene where he returns to Davros. It should have started with him saying to Davros um, that he can't find him, and Davros saying, um, "Look for his f- friends, uh, uh, the you know the people he knows. Uh, they'll lead you to him." At which point, then it would make more sense if he went to places that the Doctor has obviously visited. But to do it in that, I could, the way it was cut together, that scene's in the wrong place. And so it did feel like the first two scenes um, with Colony Saf were possibly superfluous. But right. um, if you put those scenes in the, in the better order, then again, not sure. a moment wasted. Sure. Um, yeah, so I mean, people might have uh, a point or two to make, and I, I won't begrudge them those points, but oh, I, I will. Uh... They're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, those people. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't have a problem. I mean, the only problem I'm going to have with this episode is the problem I have with any two part, uh, episode, which is it's, it's going to be tough for me to, to really truly grade the episode without really seeing the second half of the story. You can always, you can always grade it on its own, but you know, like, uh, when they split the last Harry Potter movie into two pieces, uh, the, the, the first, the first part of the two parter was, uh, just left on its own without ever seeing the second part is really not that amazing until you put oh, the second part in. Oh, how dare you, sir? Sorry. It's just not, uh, you put the second, you put the second part in there with it though. It completes, you know, the whole arc or whatever. Uh, you know, the same thing goes for any, any film that's like a trilogy that's telling one story arc, anything like that. It's never quite. You never get a full, complete idea until the story is actually finished. Um, I, I'm not unfavorably rating this episode at all. Um, I'm breaking with tradition instead of doing just halves. Uh, I've, I've I've decided I'm moving into quarters. Uh, <laughs> so I'm 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 giving this episode three and three quarters, but I may bump it up oh, after wow. the next episode. Uh, we shall see. I, I I just can't feel like I can fully. I, I got to wait until I see how the story ends. And I have a feeling this is going to happen a lot this year because as I'm looking at the 12 episodes, uh, there are six directors for 12 episodes, uh, which basically feels to me like everything is going to be a bit of a two-parter this season. Because uh, Hedy McDonald is doing the first two episodes here, and then the next two episodes are directed by Daniel O'Hara, and it goes on and on. And there are uh, different uh, directors for... Um, there's not a repeating director, but there's only six directors for 12 episodes and they are doing back to back episodes. So, uh, and we do have episode titles for all of the, the titles or for all of the episodes as well this season. So, uh, that's nice. I think the last time we talked, not all of the episode titles had been, uh, released, I think. Um, but I believe they're, I believe they're all out now. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure out if any of them really, uh, none of them really, I think give away much. Uh, except, no, although a lot of the episodes now have um, Moffat's own sort of one sentence or two sentence sort of uh, sort of taglines to them. He he deliberately gave those away when they released the episode titles. Apparently, yeah. The finale the finale episodes are Heaven Sent and Hell Bent, mm. I believe. And Hell Bent's the one where he says in the the one sentence summary something about. Um, uh, what happens when you take away basically everything from the Doctor? What does he become um, when there's nothing left or something? Basically, I think the point is, what's he capable of when there's nothing left or something like that? I've not got them in front of me, but um, I, I guess the confession thing. Oh, that, that's right. He does actually say then, and we, and we finally hear the Doctor's confession. Oh, I'm super excited. I'm I'm excited for this episode. <laughs> I'm already thinking ahead to like December. Less, uh, less than an hour and a half. Ooh. Oh my goodness. Uh, all right, Ben, your score for the Magician's Apprentice. Um, I'm gonna I I'm gonna go a different route from you because I would say that if the next episode is a huge letdown, then by God, it will be scored as one. But as 
the build-up from this episode, I'm going to say I think it's worth a solid four and a half. But then it's going to have to they're going to have to deliver so well in episode two of this. Otherwise, mm-hmm. episode two is going to get a kicking. I've heard I've I mean the talk that I have heard is that episode two is far richer than episode one. So, uh, you know, if, if, uh, if that is anything to go by, it should be exceeding expectations. I expect it to, because that is the thing where the first part is the part where they tease everything up to the conclusion. And since there's going to be no middle part, um, where I think we're kind of meeting in the middle a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm expecting a big return, uh, in the second episode, I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. I'll try not to look at the office thread uh, while this is going on. <laughs> Nobody spoiled anything last time, but I can kind of, uh, based off of what was typed uh, and at what time it was typed, I can basically tell what things you were reacting to. Uh, <laughs> so that was, uh, but thank you. I mean, I mean, there were no, spo- there were no spoilers or anything in there, which I appreciate, but because um, I don't think we ended up watching it until. Uh, like dinner time that night, um, oh, okay. but it's on eight PM uh, Eastern in in the states, isn't it tonight? Uh, is it on at eight? I always thought it was so. nine o'clock. I don't know. I have no idea. Well, that's, that's, that, we we spoke about that last series, didn't we? It had a really late start time. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. weird. I don't I don't get that. Okay, uh, Aaron, your score for the Magician's Apprentice. I, I'm exactly with Ben at four and a half. Mm-hmm. I'm, I was... for, the, for the same reason, or uh, I mean, e- even as a standalone, I mean, just like I said, I mean, you know, the, the way the tension was built up, like the, the entire pace of the episode, the writing, I mean, you know, uh, it, it was just so well done, top to bottom. I mean, four and a half, like, they really couldn't have done much better. My only complaint was that you know it stopped where it did, and it's just you, you leave it with that little nagging feeling, like ah, you know, what I mean, like you hope, like <laughs> it, it just it, it it keeps up the momentum of what it was what it was doing, and you know, you're just. You know, I want to be tired when this this next episode is over. Like, I just want to be like, oh, my God, what a relief that's over. Just because it's like it was so good just, just to see this particular adventure, you know, yeah. uh, end. You know, in, or not even end. Just, you know, uh, at least they resolve for now before they continue on with the next part of the story. But I just – I need to feel like the, the, the big climax. I need the release uh, before I can fully bit, commit to a five. But four and a half, definitely. Doesn't it feel to you a lot like the old uh, the old format of Doctor Who, the particularly sort of – I guess Tom Baker era like that um, Peter Davison as well, where you'd have the the big, I mean it was almost sort of it was a big theatrical cliffhanger, wasn't it? Right. Um, yeah. And Moffat seems to be quite it was keen on coming back in that direction, um, and it's a thing. I mean he's he's sort of dropped off a little bit in the last series, but I'm kind of hoping he does that a bit more now because I've I've been watching loads of old Doctor Who lately. Um, and it's one thing I noticed was kind of missing from a lot of the modern episodes is the mm-hmm. big, big cliffhangers. Uh, okay, so well, bef- I, I think they're definitely back because I mean it feels like you yes. know they're setting the pace, and it kind of makes sense what, what Tony was saying. You know how every director is essentially doing a two-parter, so I mean maybe that's you know mm. they're almost going to be set up as you know chapter plays again to where it's you know an individual adventure within one. You know there might be some overlying ties to it, but other than that, I mean you could watch these standalone, and you know you're good. <laughs> Uh, before we uh, kick off until next week, a uh, bit of rumor mongering, uh, a little bit. Uh, there is one, one of these rumors has already been denied by BBC. And it was, of course, started by the mirror. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, Ben, how, what would you rate the percentage, of the possibility <laughs> of the truthfulness in this statement on a percentage scale? Five? <sighs> one? Um yeah, the, the, if it's got a red top in the UK, it's you know it's not going to be the fantastic journalism. That said, I will say this: the Mirror Showbiz guys do have some pretty good uh, resources at their disposal. So eh, maybe go on. What's uh, which one was this? Oh, what's the rumor, please? Uh, British tabloid The Mirror has an outlandish report claiming that Peter Capaldi, perturbed by the departure of Jenna Coleman and concerned about having time to do projects outside of Doctor Who's intense schedule may be looking to depart the show sooner rather than later. What's uh, even, what's he, Hold on, this is great, because what's even more surprising in this rumor is that the BBC are supposedly preparing for the actor's departure as the Doctor, drawing upon a list of replacements including former Game of Thrones star Richard Madden, who is also Jenna mm. Coleman's current <laughs> boyfriend. There's no fucking way, dude. <laughs> Brooker would what? put it. Bullshit. Yeah. Um, Bullshit. 
Yeah. Nice try, the mirror, but no. No, Dude, no. Um, come on, man. There's just there's no fucking. God, the way. next thing they're telling me is our prime minister fucked a dead pig. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't a mirror article. <laughs> no, sadly not. Um, but yeah, Black, technically, I guess. Huh? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, BBC has denied this uh, vehemently. Yeah, no shit. Look, it's the biggest <laughs> fanboy ever, well, probably since Tennant, anyway, to ever play the Doctor in the history of ever, and he is just getting, he's just finding Started, his pace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a fucking chance. Uh, they, will have to, they will have to do a Tennant to him. They will have to just say, we are removing you from this role, because he will be clutching the door of the fucking TARDIS as they drag him off. Uh, the, other, the other note... Uh, now that Jenna Coleman has officially announced her exit from the show, British bookies Ladbrokes has announced that Michelle Keegan, best known to British audiences for her long-running role in the soap opera Coronation Street, is currently at the highest odds to become the new companion, following a slashing of her odds down to four to one. Bullshit. Because uh, they were wrong about quality too. Yeah, absolutely. The, 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 no, that's true. All, all the groundwork they have laid just for you know the other two potential replacements. You know, the, the, we we know they're bringing back Osgood, and, and not to mention, uh, I, I can't remember her name, but from the the Christmas episode. I mean, they've they've laid the work already. Mop, oh, yeah. Never throw shit away, dude. Like I don't I don't see it happening. And I, I really one of those want. Two. I really want Osgood back because um, yeah, agreed. She, again, she's a really good comedy actress. I mean, I have a feeling it's going to be and, and that's, you know, good, someone but... like that to play off of Capaldi would be, you know, would be great. I mean, it, it was like yeah. having two kind of brooding, just, you know, yeah. fucking depressed teenagers, like both hanging around the car. Where do you want to go? I don't care. Where do you want to go today? Like, they're just so angry, like him and uh, <laughs> <laughs> he and, I'm not, and I'm not being with, funny uh, as well, but Mich- Michelle, Michelle Keegan, um, sort of busy mates with Abby Clancy and whatnot, she's... Uh, I think Tina McIntyre she played in Coronation Street if people can't remember and, and she's kind of vacuous and that's not well Bonnie Lankford is the only sure. previous one I can compare her to in terms of style and to be fair even Bonnie Lankford had a better moment so I'm not sure Tina McIntyre would get anywhere near the TARDIS yeah I mean I, I don't know I just I, I obviously don't know her work and just looking at her doesn't feel like uh, Ordinary Lights was the other show that she was in, the drama series she was in, which I think yeah, was BBC. Like, I just don't see her in the show. Like, I, all, all I know is that Google provided images right off the bat, along with a bit of a, a bit of like a, a bio on her. And it seems like she would more fit in with like the Jersey Shore than mm-hmm. she would fit in on, on <laughs> Doctor Who. Uh, I, I just, for some reason, when I saw the when I saw the combination of model and soap opera actress, I was just like, eh. Well, it's like how everybody thought uh, Rosie What's-Her-Face was going to be the next companion for Matt Smith because he was, you know, drilling her at the time. Uh, yeah. Sure, sure. Uh, who, did, who did they have, by the way, for the next Doctor? Because it wasn't Capaldi, was it? No. no uh, it Lad, was... Ladbrokes had... Oh. Oh, no, it's gone. Uh... Um, oh, yeah, I discussed it on the show as well. I, I can't remember yes. they, they they didn't have him though. The uh, yeah, so basically, don't take it with a grain of salt. A big one. Take the take the mirror report with an even bigger grain of salt. Like <laughs> that just blew my mind. I'm like, there's no way he's like into like he kn- he knew Peter Capaldi. Of course, knew what he was getting into when he did when he got onto the show when he got onto the show. Like he knew the show was at uh, an all-time high for popularity, not just not just in the UK but all over the world. Um, uh, we okay, so we seem to have lost Ben, and we're gonna we're gonna soldier on for a moment uh, and, and see if he gets back in or not. <laughs> um, we already got your score, did we not? Uh, so who are you, who are you saying, Aaron, was uh, originally the odds-on favorite? Um, it's looking like Ben Daniels was being talked a lot, uh, oh, to take over. Right. He was the, like the big name everybody was kind of betting on. And then, you know, Capaldi came out of nowhere. So, I mean, again, like all this conjecture about Capaldi, there's no way in shit. Like, you know, uh, it'd be like them trying to oust David Tennant from an early, you know, from his role early. There's just no way. That's right. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I don't see it. I don't see it either. Um, 
Uh, we're going to try to get Ben on real quick f- before the closing of the show, but if it doesn't happen, uh, then we're just going to have to close it out without Ben, which ah. is weird, but we made it this far, and I'm sure he's got some gin to down and uh, some more Doctor Who to watch this evening. In so, an hour and 19 minutes, actually. That's right. We may just we may just leave him to that. I, okay, so I guess we are going to just close it out for this week. We got all, <laughs> we got all the best parts of Ben anyway. We did. Uh, he, he can retire now and just kind of relax. And <laughs> is he back? Uh, he's he can't seem to get back in. He says, he says "Fucking Skype," <laughs> uh, which would sound way better coming out of his mouth than it did mine. Uh, all fancy. right, all Very right. So we're gonna we're gonna close out the show uh, for Ben Knight and Aaron DeLosa. I'm Anthony Lewis. We'll be back next week with Series Nine, Episode Two of Doctor Who: uh, The Witches Familiar. You're listening to Who Made Who, Cinema Geekly's Doctor Who podcast. I'm Anthony Lewis. I'm Aaron Lewis. Oh, oh, shit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we're out of... It's what you said a second ago. All right. We're out of... We're rusty. <laughs> All right. There we go again. What order is it on the... Again? Uh, I think it's me, yeah, I, I, Aaron, and yeah, Ben. No, I'll okay. go last. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, no, no. It's fine. Wait, what are we doing now? <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all going to sit here quietly. <laughs> This is a really British show. No, you go first. No, you go first. No, after you. Go on, after you.